The Sarcasm Remains podcast with Kuzini. Charleston's favorite podcast should be yours too. Go to www.thesarcasmremains.com for more. Hey man, it's about that time. Turn the sarcasm up. Hey, let's go. What you fake mad about today? 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 <laughs> I can't argue with you. No, you mad? Look at you. You mad? You big mad? <laughs> I'm happy. Leave me alone. I just want some money. A lot of money. I don't get paid to argue with you. Yes, we are back. This is Fuzzy B with the Fake Mad Podcast, formerly known as The Sarcasm Remains. I think the, the point has been made. We are sustaining. Others have felt it. It's all good. Moving on, I have a great guest today. Good friend of mine. A gentleman who is, is courageous. He's uh, prolific. He's athletic. He kills it on a kickball field every week, including killing my team. Um, does poetry, if I mentioned that already. And he's an educator. So, well, go ahead and introduce yourself, sir. Yeah. Uh, Joey Tucker checking in. Appreciate you, Fousey, bringing me on the podcast. Word. So what's going on with you, Joey? So uh, educator by day, poet by night, kickballer by weekend. Mm-hmm. It's all around social butterfly. Word. And you, uh, you, you go around doing poetry slams and whatnot? Yeah, so with COVID kind of like shut down everything. So I did a few Zooms over the last year and a half, uh, getting back to performing in front of crowds. I want to take advantage of the summer break that I've got coming up and try to perform in different cities. Don't go around the world. Yeah, so we're going to try to take over the Southeast first, though. Oh, like Southeast D.C.? No, I'm joking. I know what you're talking Southeast, about. Southeast. Uh... <laughs> Word, so... Just to jump it off, t- tell them where they can hear some of your poetry. You know, if I wanted to go and listen to, I mean, I listen to it, but if they wanted to go and listen to some of your work, where would they uh, pull it up from? So I'm on a uh, major like streaming platforms. If you search for Mr. Enlightenment, so you can find a couple of spoken word albums from me on Spotify, Apple Music, Tidal, in most places where you can listen to music. So all major DSTs. Yeah, gotcha. yeah, that's the proper form, proper yeah, like yeah. lingo for it. The same place that you can find the fake mad podcast, you know, shameless plug. Why not? So, listen, so how long have you been doing poetry? Like, what made you jump into it? I always like was a fan of hip hop, so we you know we always talk about music, and I just grew up a fan of the lyrics, and you know, most athletes and just young guys growing up. You know, we want to sit around our friends and rap, you know, while we on the bus going to a game or mm-hmm. sitting in the locker room or at the lunchroom table. You know, even when uh, we have assignments where you had the option to 
kind of put your words into a rap, you know, tell a tell them information in a certain class. Um, that's just kind of sparked it for me. And in college, I took a class, creative writing poetry. We had to put together a portfolio. So just, you know, kind of basic poetry structure. I'm still a fan of not following the rules, which is why I kind of go with poetry. Uh, there are standard forms of poetry, but I do a lot of free verse. So that's one of the things that kind of drew me to poetry is the way it's so free with your creativity. Gotcha. So I wrote some poems in that class. You know, it was another way to kind of get around it. Like I, I needed to take some English classes, but I didn't want to have to do all the reading. So I was like, all right, some poems. You know, I don't have to, you know, I do read the poems, but it's not going to take me hours like the traditional English class where you got to read hundreds of pages in, in one, one or two days between classes. So I took that, put together a portfolio, uh, got out of college, had a relationship issue, breakup, and then I kind of went back into my poetry and sparked the creativity again. You know, a lot of the a lot of a lot of that art. inspired you to uh, yeah a lot of art comes up. from being like breakups and tragedies and bad times so and I use that to kind of spark my writing of poetry again and MySpace days you could put a note or you can make like a you could post something people to read and I would post a poem also Facebook had uh they had little notes too I forgot the name they called it. You could post it on Facebook, MySpace. People would comment on it. And then a guy I met through another friend of mine was offering an opportunity for poets to uh, put together a little book of their poems. You know, very, very uh, basic, like Copy Max or Kinko, where you put the pamphlet together, staple it on the edges. So it wasn't like a hardback or anything, but, you know, a way to put your work out there to the fans so I did that that was 2009 I put together that collection and did a couple more like that and decided to you know start going out and speaking I did my first open mic in probably 2010 mm. and I you just kind of put, put some years in that Yo. yeah yeah it's been a while so <laughs> started speaking in front of crowds around 2010 uh, I'm not. I'm not saying I've been the the most dedicated to poetry. I do it as a hobby, but uh, over the years I have had some success. And lately, I started to get a little more focused on trying to make a brand out of my poetry. So I'm doing a merch. Yeah, I got the merch going on and stickers and all kind of things like that. Just try to get attention. You know, I still do poetry. Poetry is more like. I'm writing it on my, when I want to, like, I don't ever want to feel like a job where I have to write right now. I'm doing it as supplementary income and just something I love to do. Nice. And, and when it comes to you, it comes to you, right? Like, it's, yeah, yeah. I don't want to feel like I got to write. Like I don't have to write a poem tonight, but when the inspiration hits, you know, you write. When it hits, it hits. Do you, uh, I heard you say that you got, you had a book that you were putting so what's going? Would would you ever put it back in? Uh, let me reword this. Would you ever think about putting a book out, like a poetry? Yeah, book? so that's a plan of mine too. That's a plan of mine too. But I always, 
I mean, there are some readers out there, but I think reading kind of was put to the to the background. And then a lot of people kind of gave me feedback. You know, I like the way I I want to hear the poem because then you get to hear the way the person deliver it. The expressions that they read. Yeah. So, yeah, they kind of get that feeling when you're saying it, how you deliver it instead of them reading it. So that's why I started doing the poetry albums. Word. But, yeah, a book is definitely something that I want to do. Got the cops and, um, yeah, you got a little something going on in the neighborhood. <laughs> but yeah, a book is something I want to do, especially when I uh basically through the Twitter, uh that Twitter time when it was the uh, social media preferred, you know, you had to be 140 characters. So I started doing haiku or shorter poems just to fit. And it was also a quick way to get your point across through Twitter. So everybody was on that. So I kind of stumbled across this genre of poems called micro poetry. So it's all short poems. So I started doing that for the last few years and people started liking the quotes I've been putting up. I kind of threw the name kilowatt quotes on there. So I'm taking those kilowatt quotes and I'm putting them on canvas now. I want to put in a book. I've been reaching out to some of my art friends. I see where you post them sometimes. Where are you selling those canvases yet? Have you? Yeah, yeah, I sold a few of them. Yeah, so I take a quote that I just posted that I got some good feedback on, and then I can turn it into a canvas. Some people make a request, or I've been trying to like attack uh, different milestones in people's lives and different hobbies. So I wrote a quote about you know uh, from a. Uh, nursery, like it's like a baby. Uh, kind of if you're having a baby, I got a quote for that, mm-hmm. or like a quote for someone to put in their living room, kind of a family quote. You got universal like, quotes, yeah, yeah, something like that. Trying to get my hallmark on. Hey, I, I like it, bro. Get the money any way possible. So, uh, well, when is your next project dropping as far as on the DSTs? So I dropped, a single, I dropped a single podcast. in January. I dropped a single in January. So that's probably what I'm going to do. Just kind of drop singles, like put a, put a track out here and there and let it breathe. Uh, I did one in January called Let Them Words Play. I got some good feedback on that one. And yeah. I'll probably drop one again, probably early summer. And, and these are all over instrumentals or are these? Yeah, yeah. Uh, so everything uh, I put out is over instrumentals. Gotcha. And there's not a lot of people doing that, to my knowledge, anyway. I don't see a lot of those out there in the major platforms. So, you know, it's, I'm sure it's some, but I haven't heard yeah, of them. Yeah, yeah. Like so. just, just going from different open mics and seeing poets perform, you know, usually you got you a CD with you when you go to an open mic venue. And I've seen a hybrid where, you know, they would have some with word, with some with music and some without. But I like the music aspect, so I do all my. I think I had an intro in my last one that didn't have music, but for right. the most part, they got music behind it. Nice. And so you, you say you're getting feedback. I mean, I know I always play your uh, your joints up on title, which is the only place you can't find a fake mad podcast because they don't do podcasts except for their exclusive ones. One day, but not nah, so. And I was listening to some of your joints. Um, so for the summer, you say you want to tour. Like, do you ever see a point where poetry would take over teaching for you? I don't think so, because the poets that I do know that's doing it full time, you got to be to get it 
to like poetry is like a little harder than music to I think sustain a career. You have to be traveling so much because the scene is not that big in Charleston, you know, unless you're doing some corporate stuff. Shout out to the poet laureate in Charleston. He's making some major moves, but even he has his main career. Like, I think unless you're willing to be traveling, you know how like those big acts, you know, you got to be on tour. You want to get your money. You want to be on tour. That's kind of what you're talking about. Mark is a maker. That's the. uh, Yeah. Yeah. If you're not familiar with him. Yeah. So we connected years ago and I just kind of follow his blueprint and we kind of we uh, got a decent friendship and decent relationship. We can talk about stuff and he has an event. I'll come out. I'll reach out to him if I have an event, too. So he's doing pretty well, but that's even not his full time career. I do know a couple full time poets and, you know, you're you're definitely going to have to be traveling at least once a week i say or if you got something where i know some poets do stuff with with schools like you're either going to be teaching some poems to students and classes or maybe you're doing some corporate events writing poem for a wedding or something like that right you're gonna have to definitely you know just like any entrepreneur when you start going off for yourself you're gonna have to keep that money coming in to and match what you would. Yeah. Yeah. My gosh, I was looking up the poet order. I didn't realize he was the, the first one in Charleston. That's pretty dope. Yeah. So he's actually about this tenure is about to be over. He was uh putting it out there that the application process to anybody else that wants to go did, after. Did you apply, Joey? No, nah, I didn't apply. Like I'm not I'm not ready for that <laughs> that uh responsibility yet. So I, like I said, I'm coming and going. I definitely know there's some responsibilities that come along with that. You know, I kind of like tap in. I got my I got my moments to flourish when I do this. And then I was like, all right, let me chill out for a little bit. So I'm, you ain't I'm ready in and it. out when I want to. I don't want to feel like a job. And I feel like that poor laureate position is a, it's a little, makes it a little more serious of a job to me. You, you got to represent the city. Yeah, that, yeah. Like, that's, a lot, that's a lot of responsibility. Though. Yeah, nice. All right, cool. So we we gonna jump off of you uh, when we get back from this commercial break or whatever we decide to do with it. But yeah, we'll, we'll we'll take a short break and then we'll be back with some questions that I got from people that sent me some questions that want people to answer. We we can answer these questions together. Uh, so hold your horses. We'll be right back on the Fake Mad Podcast. Are you looking for a show that discusses all things pro football and pro wrestling? will look no further than tap-outs and touchdowns. Bully Ryan and his guests go in-depth into the world of professional wrestling, and along with show correspondent PJ Steven, review pay-per-view specials from wrestling companies all over the world. Bully Ryan also gives his best fantasy football advice throughout the NFL season, so you can get that edge to finally finish better than third in your fantasy football league. Follow the show on Twitter at tapouts and TDs, or look for him on Facebook at tapouts and touchdowns, and be sure to check out the show. Now available on Spotify, Google, and Apple Podcasts, or simply wherever you get your podcasts. That's Tapouts and Touchdowns, presented by Anchor Podcasts.
called up C-Star like Old Dog Dick King. You down with a 187? I know a spot where they do poetry, and we need to go kill it. Say no more. Gas up the hoop. Dark tent, out of state plates. They might find the vehicle, but no luck capturing me. And we are back on the Fake Mad Podcast. I am Fousey B. I'm here with my man, Joey Tucker. Uh, We're going to get into some questions. The mailbag, you know, even though it's not mailbag, it's all digital now. But, I, oh, this is going to be some good ones. Uh, So, Joey, I'm just going to ask you some questions. You know, I'll answer some questions as well. The first one, people, one of my opinion on, so I'm going to toss it to you. Uh, Did Chris Rock deserve to get smacked by Will Smith? I think... I don't know if he deserved to get smacked, but I think he would have got checked. Like it was, it was definitely more likely that he get checked. I just think Will Smith did it in a way that I wouldn't have done it. Like I'm not gonna mess up my money to check you when I can check you at another time. So yeah, I think Chris Rock deserved to have a talk. Like you know, what I'm saying? you're gonna speak on behalf of your lady, but uh, I would say this: he didn't deserve to get smacked on camera. I would say that. In front of all those people, it, it looked a little outrageous, right? Yeah. So, I mean, I basically agree with that. I mean, you there's a, there's a thing on you want to press or you want to step over if you're a comedian. Apparently, they had words before. Um, he had jokes about it before. They talked about it before. So they were they consider themselves, if not friends, at least associates. Um, and so I think you got to keep that in mind, you know, but. A comedian gonna joke. He gonna tell us jokes. He just gotta deserve it. It's like if you hit me verbally, you can't tell me how to retaliate. So I think Will should approach him backstage, maybe. Uh, but and it probably wouldn't have been the same situation because Chris Rock might go punch back. We don't know. I mean, not yeah, the toughest sure. guy, but somebody attack you. What you gonna do? All yeah, right. So probably. yeah, comedians gonna joke. That's what they do. So yeah, yeah, he gets paid to do it. You know. Um, on that same topic, is Jada Pickett. Toxic. I don't know the whole story. So that's what I, you know, for years, everybody used to tell me that they were swingers. That's so I, I was like, all right, if you open swingers, relationship, yeah, open relationship. Cause I used to hear like nobody really talks about how Will did dirt years and years. What I'm saying, you were upcoming rapper, you were the biggest name in the game for a long time. So, right. I'm not shocked to see. I'm not shocked to believe that he did dirt. So, is Will toxic? Is that whole situation toxic? We know the, you know, it's always like this. When the girl get the guy back for doing what you do, now it's a little different. So I'm not saying that Jada's not toxic, but the situation maybe he's like she put up all of his dirt all those years we didn't know about, right? But now we're hearing about her, you know, kind of. Like she's done with that. Or maybe she, you know, you, I think a lot of women, I'm general, there's a generalizing here, but if you got a celebrity husband, millionaire husband, do you want him to see other women? But you're kind of like giving him that out because I think you're going to do it anyway. So let's be right. open. I'm not going to really take my side of it and participate, but to keep the marriage together, I'm going to give you the option to, you know, date somebody outside of the marriage from time to time because I feel like it was going to happen anyway. So maybe she got tired of that and she started doing what he was doing. Or she could have been doing dirt without him knowing and it all came to tuition. 
you know. But we he definitely cheated on her because he said that he stepped out of his marriage before. Um you can't step out of an open relationship unless the other person doesn't know. So Yeah. But you're right, maybe Will is toxic, maybe the whole family toxic. I don't know. There's another thing is like this. With everybody's got that persona, like everybody thinks Will squeaky clean for the most part. Right. Everybody got dirt. So she know about his dirt that we don't know about. So mm-hmm. that makes sense. That <laughs> that definitely makes sense. So Will Smith, we know you can go dirty. Hey, you know what they say? <laughs> when a good girl's gone bad, she's gone forever. Yeah. Yeah, I remember. Uh, let's see something else here. Let's check off. What's uh Ooh, this is a good one. My girlfriend is turning obese. She wasn't when we started dating, but things happen. How can I politely tell her that we, in all caps, are going to be are going to put her on a diet? Uh, first, I want to say the way you worded that, I would go ahead and uh, not tell her that. I feel like you're scared of her, but what you think, Joey? That's a tough thing, man. It's like, why is she getting bigger? Like, maybe was there a kid involved? You know, pregnancy gonna put uh, weight on. Uh, I'm a a big guy too so I can't be too critical of her putting on a few pounds and it's like this we gonna put her on a diet how about we say we are going to go like like we and and I don't have the specifics here they didn't send that in so person that sent that in perhaps you can update me with the specifics like I don't know how much you weigh versus how much she weigh how much she used to weigh Um, I'm, I'm, I'm really big on letting women decide how comfortable they feel with their own body so I mean keep me in mind you know I, I i got with you because you looked a certain way and i liked you that way but i i can't really like hey, i'm a i gotta go bare belly myself so i can't really be too critical either so sorry bro i can't give you advice joey i mean the best way to do it is like okay we're gonna put it as let's both we're gonna get help go to the gym together yeah we're gonna do this together like, we're gonna go to the gym together let's take we're a gonna... long romantic walk to the gym yeah <laughs> All right, so whatever that is, you make make it romantic. There you go. Make it romantic when you're going to the gym or, you know, it's, it, there's no easy way to tell somebody that they're getting fat, especially if they don't realize. Oh, maybe she does, you, she looks at herself in the mirror. She might just realize it. So you got to be careful well, how you say that. You, hey, she knows what women, she looks like. You know? <laughs> women are most critical of their bodies themselves. So if you see it, I'm right. sure she's... I mean, women will also dress up and try to look good for other women because as men, we really don't care as much as they think we do but again hey i'm gonna see i like a woman that, i like a woman that's gonna have a little fashion sense herself so i appreciate the woman dressing up you ain't gotta be yeah, yeah, yeah. but you ain't gotta be doing it all the time but i do appreciate the, the effort a woman puts in even no. though you know they gotta put a lot of effort in i do appreciate that that she put that i agree with that what i'm saying is i know no man who saw a girl that he's attracted to wear like jogging pants or something and be like nah that's not it yeah, I, yeah i'm not yeah. gonna sleep with you because you're not dressed up for sure um, yeah. doesn't happen that much so women dress for the woman what i was saying but yeah back to the obese thing bro you, you gotta deal with it or leave her i think make it a couple's thing don't put her on a diet put y'all on a diet i wouldn't say something that's stupid to a woman you, yeah don't be uh, having her <laughs> eating um Brussels Solid. sprouts and all, and then you still eating takeout. So you don't have to, you don't have to eat. <laughs> Come that in with too. a hamburger and give her some. What's that called? The the, the green lettuce that everybody be eating. 
I'm yeah. talking about. I don't know. It's it's a terrible taste in lettuce. I hate it. I forget the name of it. I'll think of it later. But, but yeah, something out of yeah. You can't be eating takeout and she's doing that Whole Foods or she doing that. Was it? Uh, you know that big thing everybody's doing that R2M that uh sign up and lose weight and work out. That's wow. a big thing where everybody's like, join me. You know, oh, you know? mean E2, E2M? E2M, E2M, yeah. Yeah, I, I ain't hating them because I joined it. I mean, I I did the program for six weeks. They were cool. But, you know, it ain't. Kel is what I was thinking about, by the way. People eating Kel. Oh, Kel, yeah. disgusting. Uh, but E2M was cool. It was uh, takes a little discipline. Um, It's not anything remarkably scientifically unknown. They just put you on a workout program and a food program. And, you know, if you stick to it, you're going to lose the weight so i'm cool with that but maybe y'all could join each one together yeah for sure or, make or it a, join make f45 it you know one of those programs do it together you can't put the blame on her bro uh let's see i asked you a couple more then you know i want to hold you too long so we'll get you out of here but uh all right just back to you what devastated you at the time but now you attribute to your current success deep dive dun, dun, dun. to my current success yeah, so what, what had you messed up at the time before? And, you you know, we, we all know we bounced back from things. But at the moment it happened, you didn't realize you was going to bounce back. But now you can attribute that to saying, I'm resilient because of this. Dot, dot, dot. I think uh, going back to uh, my football days, I uh, didn't get recruited by a lot of schools. I went to a D2 football program in Upper State, South Carolina, Presbyterian College, if you're familiar with that. Big Presbyterian. Know, I never Presbyterian heard of College. Um, so, you know, I grew up there thinking I'm, a, I'm nice with it. You know, started in high school, state champ my junior year. Going up there, wasn't ready at all. Everybody better than me. So I ended up sitting on the bench. Like, I redshirted. So – it took me actually a couple of years, like just going through the fact that, you know, I didn't quit. Like if you don't, I know a lot of people now, if you don't experience success right away, people like to quit. So I ended up starting three years, but the first couple of practices, I'm thinking like, this is not for me, but I wasn't going back home. You know, what else am I going to do? Like I got to <laughs> stick it out and wait my turn. And I think that built me, you know, like, resiliency, dedication. Character. Like, yeah, so even with poetry, I'm still not as big as I want to be in poetry, but you got to put in that steady work to it. Like, I know I could be a little more thorough with content and do a little bit more. Like, I'm I'm not uh, ashamed to say, like, I, my success in poetry dictates me. Like, I'm partly to blame for not being bigger as a poet. You're in your comfy zone and you, you're yeah. not ready to step out yet. I mean, you you want to, but you don't, you ain't ready yet. I mean, in your yeah. mind, because material-wise, you're ready. You know, you got the personality to do it. You can go over the world, but, you know, you just, you, you comfy right now. For sure, you know, yeah. There's nothing wrong with being comfy sometimes. Sometimes you got to not get comfy. <laughs> for sure, yeah. And that's another problem. Like, that is a problem. Like, I am a creature of habit. I'm in the comfort zone, and sometimes you need to get out of that. Like, it's uncomfortable, but that's where they say, what? That's where the growth happens. So I'm working on that, too. 
But I think that whole not being successful right away as a college athlete helped me just, you know, dedication and it's like damn homie on high school you want up damn, homie yeah yeah <laughs> i, I want to go back home and be like why are you home so early like hey uh, football wasn't for me so i didn't want to go home and tell everybody <laughs> it wasn't for me so i had to come i think that reality better. check comes from you got to realize everybody's the man in their own hood but it's bigger than a hood so when you get out there you know you, you saw it when you stepped on there and it was like yeah you got the bench like damn but i i want a state championship you know like maybe like and everybody on this team want a state championship. Yeah. Get you make make it tough. Make make the love go around. Where so check it. Last one and then we'll we'll wrap it up. Um if happily ever after is a lie, what is the truth about long, lifelong relationships? So do you believe it can can someone live happily ever after? Dun, dun, dun deep dive i think yeah you can be happy but i realize this too like hey you got to make your own happiness i don't think you can get your happiness from somebody else so you can be happily ever after but you can't depend on somebody else to make you that way gotcha but if you're in a relationship so y'all both are dependent on your own happiness i feel like i'm gonna do i'm gonna do what i need to do as a partner but you know, some people you can never make happy. So True. you know, you got some, some people, people like that. They, happiness. You know what I'm saying? Like I'm doing everything I'm supposed to do, and you're still not happy. So that's where a lot of relationships don't work. I'm bending over backwards. You got some people like they bend over backwards for you to be happy, and you still not be happy. And that's what I realized. You do what you're supposed to do as a partner, but that doesn't mean your partner's gonna be happy. But right. you can still achieve happiness. You can be happily ever after. It depends on the partner, too. You know, maybe in your happily ever after, you were single. But as far as relationship goes, you got to find the right partner. You can be happily ever after, find the right person. Right. And just to tag on what you're saying, there's some people uh, who will never be happy, and they try to make it like it's your job to make them happy. And so for yeah. the whole relationship, you're working extra hard to make them happy and they forget about you being happy. And, you know. Sure. Yeah. Well, you got to reciprocate. And it's like some people don't. I could tell you, no, and I still love you. I tell you, no, mm-hmm. I'm not doing this, but I still love you. Like, that doesn't mean I don't love you. Just I said no about something or I didn't give you away every time you wanted it. Right. Well. I hope that helped with that question. Um, y'all need to find your own, find your own happiness. Don't depend on anyone else's. And once you find your happiness, go ahead and help someone else get their happiness. Uh, so, Big Joe, t- tell me what else you got coming up. Uh, like I said, we ain't gonna hold you down too long. It's the first episode back of the Fake Mad Podcast. Uh, what you got going on? Where can someone see you or hear you? I know we talked about this earlier, but just remind them. So, what I'm trying to plan right now is my my when I put on a show of poetry and I kind of feature myself. So hmm. what I always saw these open these open mics, you have the feature performing. Like you get people open and act, like you get like four or five poets that's just coming to sign up. I'm just here trying to you know start off. And then you got the more serious poets. And then at the end, you know, you got that that one person that everybody came to see. So right. I've been putting together a show 
and I call my show the light show. I'll put on this will be my fourth you one. Created dark. The light show. Yeah. So it's gonna be it's gonna be another light show. So people that showed up at the last one or the one before that, I've had this is this is gonna be my fourth one. So downtown Charleston, hopefully this summer, uh June by the latest. Hmm. We're gonna put together a show of poetry, me and my poetry it. friends. And we're gonna put together a show for for the people of Charleston. So be on the lookout for that. And I got another plan for a single to come out this summer. And I'm gonna try to hit the road. You know, I got my eyes on a couple venues, bring the bring the light to a different city around South Carolina and Georgia, Florida, you know, the Southeast. You need to start opening up for some music acts in Charleston. Hey, I'm open to that. No, I also wanted to do like my big Rube impersonation. You know, uh, I did a couple intros for some rappers. So rapper, you want an intro? You want a little spoken word interlude? Holler at me. I'm available. Let's get it. Word. Well, sir, I appreciate you taking the time out to speak with me. You know, I'll catch you at the bar any given time or on that field or in the classroom or on a poetry slam. Joey's everywhere. Um, and we'll put your socials up when I post this. But yeah, I appreciate you. Season one, well, I guess we on season three, but episode one of the Fake Mad Podcast. Um, Fousey B, I appreciate y'all for listening. And you know, go ahead and enjoy yourself and make yourself happy. Want to say peace to people, Joey? Yeah, appreciate you for having me on. Uh, we're gonna get this. Fake Mad Podcast. We're going to get it back up and running. We back. Fousey all at me all the time. So I was happy to, you know, pay the favor, come on, uh, share some thoughts with the people. My man, we appreciate you. Hey, y'all love yourself out there. God bless and good night. Drunk Animals. The World Ear Pulling Championship. Extra nipples. Do any of these things sound like things you see every day? I don't think so. Hi, I'm Chris Taliaferro, and I've got a podcast called Things You Don't See Every Day with Chris Taliaferro. We cover some fascinating and bizarre things. I'd love for you to join us. Check it out. Come to anchor.fm forward slash things you don't see podcast and give us a listen. Thank mm-hmm. you.